Thank you for listening to On The Lift Podcast, a Runaway Dumpster production. Live from Greenwater Studios, this is On The Lift Podcast, your weekly show that is ultimately about skiing. This is the show that ducks the rope, earns some turns, dances in ski boots, poaches hot tubs, closes the bar, and still makes it on the first chair. Here's your hosts, two dudes who rip the pow, shred the gnar, and tell the tales, Lance Hester and Michael Gore. We are back on the lift, Lance. Yes, we're back. It's been a while. Sorry, uh, loyal listeners, but we are determined to show that the hobby uh, podcasters will hang in there. We will make it through. We will persevere. Uh, I did not ski a single day since the last time we recorded, and I think that's probably why 2020 went so far off the rails. But uh, we're here to make up for lost time and well, uh, you know, bring, bring, conversely, bring, bring I people gotta, the information that they, that they need about, about skiing. I did okay with my ski days, so maybe I made up for you. I mean, I think so. we're in this together, and yeah, you, averaging out means that someone's got to do 100% some of the time. You know, I was, that's, a, that's a good way to pick up someone's slack. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, it's, Mike, uh, this is a crazy time, this COVID era. I mean, the resorts just all shut down in March and, and uh, uh, we got a lot of things that we need to talk about on our upcoming episodes. Um, what are some of the things on your mind? Yeah, I mean, a lot's happened since we last talked. I mean, I think just, you know, making lemons out of lemonade, right? Like, how can we? No, sorry, let me back up. Only <laughs> once. I think yeah. making lemonade out of lemons. Uh, you know, yeah, where, where can we ski? Uh, how can we ski? And, uh, you know, what are, what's, what's it going to look like this year? I think that's obviously on everyone's mind and, and, you know, everything from where are you going to travel? Can we go to Canada? You know, I mean, some of these passes are offering Canadian resorts now. I'm thinking of Red Mountain and the Icon Pass. Yeah. Uh, is that going to be a reality? So, uh, you know, I want to get into that. Uh, a lot's happened. Powder Magazine announced that they're Oof. no longer going to oh, be geez. having a print edition. I mean, that's huge. And I really feel like we owe, you know, powder's been such a big we part of our lives. Yeah. I, I, oh. I'm probably not the only one that, that got a little choked up over that because it's, uh, you know, the anyway, soul we, of skiing has been it, it really is. And so let's, let's talk about, you know, let's talk about that. Uh, yeah. you know, definitely want to get into, um, you know, what we saw last season with, with the passes and with kind of this unprecedented demand for skiing, like even before COVID it was, you know, any mountain you go to was absolutely packed. What were some of the dynamics behind that? So, how's it, how's it going to be managed this year? Is this going to become the new, uh, uh, the new golf resort sport, you know, where you got to have a tea time, so to speak. And yeah, our tickets, you know, if, if, if people were complaining about a hundred, 150 or at Vail $220 tickets, what are they going to go up to if they have to reduce the number of skiers on the hill on any given day? Yeah, exactly. I kind of feel like if you don't have one of these passes, you're, you're getting left behind. It's kind of like, you know, it, it's uh, like you said, it it's like golf. Way. It's going to have to be, you know, either appointment only, or you're going to have to join a club, you know, yeah. and gambling yeah. is illegal at Bushwood, sir. <laughs> Excellent point. <laughs> uh, so yeah, well, I am looking forward to the the conversations we're going to have about those things on our upcoming episode. Thank you, loyal listeners for tuning back in with us. It's been since August of last year. So that's a little bit embarrassing, but fortunately some of us have a few ski stories to hearken back to from last ski season. And, uh, and we'll get into those. Um, 
one of the things that happened this last season, the resorts just closed down because of the COVID situation, which is understandable. They didn't know how to manage their uh, crowds. And I would imagine they probably had some concerns with, um, they, they probably had some, some agreements with the Forest Service on what things look like when they are open. I would imagine there's contracts in place. And so they all had to take a pause. Um, so today, Mike, Colin, you've heard me talk about Colin, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So Colin Coughlin is a good friend of my family, really close friends with my older son, Braden. They've skied together. Uh, they go to the same college together. He's at Western Washington University up in Bellingham. Uh, Colin's quite a skier. He's got a passion for the sport, and he's going to tell us a little bit about his first move when the mountains shut down and how he dealt with it. So uh, let's hear from Rick, and then uh, we'll be on to my interview with Colin. How's that sound, Mike? Sounds great. I'm uh, eager to hear how people made it happen, even last right. season. Okay. Thanks, Visit Mike. us at ontheliftpodcast.com, where you can listen to back episodes of the podcast. You'll also find show notes, feedback box, and our call-in number. <laughs> All right. So, uh, so welcome back, listeners. I am excited. Excited to be interviewing a good friend of mine and my whole family, Colin Coughlin. Colin, where am I talking to you from today? Uh, I'm in Bellingham, Washington right now. Great. What do you do up there? Uh, well, I'm in school full-time. Uh, I work as a bike mechanic for most of the year, but my shop shut down because of everything going on with COVID right now. Oh, yeah? Is it a shop up there in Bellingham? Yeah, I work for the Outdoor Center, which is uh, Western Washington University's, like, bike and equipment shop. It's, like, the subsidized way the school gets all of its students outside, so I'm a bike mechanic there for right. most of the year. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, and so that's where you go to school then? Yeah. Yeah, I'm a right on. student. Cool. Well, Colin, um, we're, we've been uh, talking about a couple, on a couple episodes about some of the crazy issues with um, that COVID, the coronavirus and COVID have, have meant for the realities of, of skiers, not the least of which was all the resorts basically shutting down in early to mid-March. And so um, I obviously was aware of you kind of trying to turn the old lemons into lemonade and, and uh, you were able to find some ways to, to get some skiing in despite the resorts shutting down. So so that's what I'm here to talk to you about today. What do you think? That sounds good. It was it was nice to get out. All right. So tell me what you did. Where do you remember where it was that you uh or excuse me, what time what like month it was and that sort of thing when you uh, decided that you were going to earn some turns? Yeah, it was um it was late March that I got up cuz I had just come down uh when coronavirus had shut down my school and we went to a online semester so I came home from college I had a season's pass at Baker I'd been skiing all winter it was my first year with a season's pass and I was so stoked on skiing <laughs> and they shut me down they shut they shut down oh. Baker they said don't come to the resort I moved oh my away gosh. from my friends and back home and, I and, had you, and your home's home. where uh Gig Harbor Washington okay. so I moved back with my uh parents so uh, a couple hours away there. from Bellingham. All right. So how many yeah. did you get very many days in at Baker before the school shut down and the mountain shut down and all that? Yeah, I think I got nineteen oh, last great. season before uh before I was 
doing my days in the spring. Just yeah, cool. So all right, so after uh, you get sent home and <laughs> it sounds like you're getting kicked out of school or something, but school shuts <laughs> down and and uh, the mountain shuts down and your pass is like good for nothing. Um, so how'd you respond to that? You got 19 days in, you're just getting your, you probably didn't even get a ski during spring break, did you? No, I oh, I didn't geez. get to ski during spring break. I, it was a two-week spring break and I just kind of hung out. Mm-hmm. Well, really the mountain break. clothes are not much left to do. Well, okay. Yeah. Well, let's. I want to hear about your story. How'd you, um, how'd you get onto the mountain after, uh, after it was shut down? Yeah. So I had just picked up uh, earlier that year a new set of um, 2015 Benchettlers with an atomic frame touring binding. So it was like really my first day on skins, and with all the resorts shut down, uh, I went with my father and a couple of his friends, and we just drove up to Crystal. And it was total bluebird day. Like sun was shining, and there was like 90 cars in the parking lot. Oh, really? Enough. It was stupid packed. Like the whole top of a lot there at Crystal was like completely filled up with the resort not operating at all. And everybody <laughs> wow. had snowshoes. People were like packing jumps in and stuff. Oh, really? They brought their shovels, huh? So yeah. So who went? You and you did. Had Bill and who else? So it was. Myself, my dad, Bill, um, it was Larry, and it was Chris, and it was Max, and it was Jeff. So that's cool. my father's little core friend group, and then Larry's son, Max, who's a friend of mine. Right on. All good guys. And, and that's they're, they're fellows who get out and do stuff, and they, whether it's in the mountains or on their bikes or – at the gym, these are some active guys that you were hanging out with that day. And oh, yeah. That, that yeah. alone must have been just fun to be around all those guys. No shortage of energy among them. So, all right, so you bought all this stuff earlier in the season, probably had a little bit of a connection with your shop you were working at with your bike, or no? Have anything to do with it? Uh, could you first? Your equipment, your, your equipment that you were using to skin up the to skin up crystal and all that was that something that you, it was part of your connection in the bike shop and the, like the outdoor shop at the college or was that just something that you picked up on your own um the only connection to the bike shop is one of the other bike mechanics peer pressured me to buy it off of offer up uh, <laughs> okay i like it <laughs> so so that so my question is way off but it gets us there all right yeah yeah so i i picked it up for a couple hundred from some guy who was too wealthy and had too many skis and I was stoked because it was like kind of a do it all ski that wasn't really meant to do it all because it's uh it's got 120 underfoot it's total powder ski oh totally but I used it for groomers I used it all season I used it for touring like it's it's been fantastic it's, it's treated me well did it come with the skins it did not I had to blow more money on those almost as much as the ski on like REI uh-huh. Yeah, I ordered them for this trip specifically in late March because I knew we were planning on it, and I hadn't gotten them yet. I hadn't found them anywhere, so I was like, oh, bite the bullet, order the skins, cut them the night before, and then we drove up the next morning, and I threw them on for the first time on the oh, wow. r- right outside like the Lodge of Crystal. Wow, had you ever skinned before that? 
I had never skinned. It was my first time, like, using the whole skinning setup. It was all, like, new and different to me. Luckily, it was, like, a nice spring day, so it was, like, yeah. low consequences. I wasn't after figuring it out with, like, avalanche danger and, right. you know, blizzard <laughs> whipping around me. It was, like, you know. It sounds like a tale. good, yeah, exactly. You, you, you know, didn't. It, it it was within the resort, so that's good. So um, so when you embarked to do this, did you like? How did you know how to do it? Did you listen to your dad and his friends teach you how, or did you watch YouTube videos, or did you just kind of figure it out while you're skinning uh, and walking? Yeah. I, I've I've been skiing long enough, and I've seen enough movies, uh, and I watched a couple like how to mostly how to cut skins and stuff. But it's like uh, when I bought this setup, I was familiar enough with how the mechanisms worked, so I didn't really need any instruction on that end because it's pretty simple. It's like one button and like uh, like a clip thing to hold your boot up. So cool. It's, it's pretty easy to figure out. Just like right on. Up the mountain. Yeah, exactly. Just start start the hike. Cool. And so, um, let's hear about it. I want to hear about the trip up and then the trip down. Yeah, it was it was a not super eventful trip up. I uh, we were just uh, I walked with Max up and we kind of chatted the whole time. It was like really warm, so the snow was softening as we were walking up. As uh, shedding layers, Max interestingly enough was um, he didn't have a touring setup, so he was walking up with snowshoes with big oh. feet on his back. Oh wow! Um, so it's kind of funny to watch him dust the guys with the ultralight skinning setups with his like <laughs> janky so we were we were going up and we were chatting we went up straight towards uh queens from the bottom lodge, lodge and yeah. then cut over to the bottom of rex okay. and then we stopped for a snack on the the chairlift of rex just kind of hung out for a little bit and then where'd you go from there like up uh up uh you didn't go up Iceberg, did you? You went no, up. No, we shot. cut up. We cut up to the right towards the bottom of Iceberg, and then we went left up Lucky Shot. Okay. Did the cat track that did the switchbacks. Right. Up the right side, or skiers left of Lucky Shot. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. So when you when you were doing this, it was a nice bluebird day. You and Max were chatting. Where were the old guys in relation to you? Um, behind us. <laughs> like like you guys uh, were done with your snack when they caught up here or um well the they were we were initially being behind the old guys and then and then we passed them like midway through and yeah, our, i think um larry might have been ahead of us but my dad and jeff were lagging behind having their own chat <laughs> good well hopefully they were enjoying the scenery uh, oh, yeah. so all right, so do you know how long it took you to get to the top of Crystal? Because it's about, what, 2,500, 2,600 feet from the base? Um, I want to say it was no more than, like, an hour and a half. Oh, And we wow. were kind of... You're motoring. It, yeah. We, we weren't going that fast. It was somewhere between an hour and a half, two hours, I want to say. Were there um, other people doing the same thing? Yeah, there was a bunch of other people doing the same thing. We passed a bunch of groups, kind of did the, like... 20 feet away wave how are you right thing yeah yeah we were all kind of feeling out the old coronavirus back then i guess weren't we it was probably pre-masked required and 
Yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, all right, so let's hear. Okay, so you got to the top. Do you guys hang out at all, or what? What was the scoop when you did that? Yeah, we got to the very top. So we went to the top area above Rex and the gondola there, uh-huh. and there was quite a few people like just dispersed out through that zone. Just uh-huh. Everybody was kind of like eating lunch, hanging out. Somebody had a drone. It was uh, really cool because you could see the back of Powder Bowl. Oh, really? Um, yeah, so the backside of that, people were hiking up that and then taking lines off the resort to the right down into the woods, and it almost looked like powder. Oh, so that would like, be like, that would kick them all the way down to Highway 410. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're going that far because I okay. do know that there's a boot track or skin track back okay. out uh, to mm-hmm. the bottom at the intersection of Lucky Shot and that cat track that comes down from Rex. Uh-huh. But they might have gone all the way down to 410. It looked good no matter what they were doing. Wow. So so far what's cool to me is like your first day skinning, you're not putting yourself in a dangerous situation. You don't have to, you know, bring all the emergency equipment and have all this avalanche training and that sort of stuff. It's in the traditional resort, albeit not groomed and that sort of stuff. But, like, you're in a familiar environment, and it's a sunny day. So, um, So I guess for our listeners – that's a that's a good thing if you're new at this because you're not you're not put putting yourself in the backcountry and with without having certain skills and certain knowledge base and all that. Um, yeah. So all right, well, cool. So did you guys eat lunch up there? Or what'd you do? Yeah, yeah, we ate lunch up there. Um, just kind of snacked, hung out for a bit, and then threw on our skis for our well under scent. All right, where'd you go down? We went down. Um, over like the top of the crest of where we were eating. So we descended down to the top of Sunnyside. We kind of like peeked down and were like, ooh, would this be any good? And it was, it was just crap. It was, um, it was like starting to be stuff exposed a little bit. And with the snow that late in the day, cause it was like two, three o'clock oh, maybe. So it was getting pretty, so yeah, everything was getting wet, which was kind yeah. of good because we didn't want to ski on the ice of the morning. But it was it was certainly not. But it wasn't a powder day at all. It was it was spring skiing. You know? Yeah, so it's a spring ski day. It's becoming the afternoon. Probably the worst place to go would have been on the formerly groomed runs because they were probably getting really thin without like I don't know the the mountain doing its magic every night. Yeah. Um, and so where you went, you, you kind of regret because, you know, like whatever, there's some junk showing some trees and some yeah. rocks and that kind of stuff. And you don't have the benefit of a whole bunch of people laying tracks that would result in like bumps or something like that. So what, what do you wish you would have done? What, is there a different route you kind of well, think, yeah, that would have been a better way to bring it down. Uh, so we actually did not descend Sunnyside. So we, we peaked down Sunnyside and then we're like, oh, this is crap. Oh, okay. And then we skirted over and we did uh, Iceberg Gulch down, which was everything was kind of pushed down a little bit. And it, it was, it, it was like it had been groomed and then the groom was like old. Yeah. And so it was, it was not as bad as Sunnyside, um, but it still wasn't like a freshly groomed anything. Right. Uh, but I think it was the ideal spot to go on Given, the front side of the mountain, yeah. like, because it, it was fast and it was okay. I don't know, it was spring skiing, but I wish, I wish I had done what I saw from the top there, 
Oh yeah, what's that? Um, the backside of Powder Boulder. Oh, it okay. It just looked so good because the snow was a little more shaded there from the trees with just where oh, the sure. sun was at, and uh, you could see people skiing, and it just looked so much better than what we were doing. And I tried to push for the group to kind of like, let's go this way. Come on, we can hike that. But uh, somebody, I think it was Larry, was already up ahead a little bit. And they're like, oh, no, we have to go meet him at the group. Yeah. Uh, But he had already had this in mind. I was like, no, I want to go there. (laughs) Well, you know, it's so for those people who don't necessarily quite understand what you're describing, basically it would have been a completely different route that would have taken you up to a different peak at Crystal Mountain. Um, And it would have been more work, too, obviously, but it sounds like it would have been worth it if you saw that it was a little shaded and and the snow's a little better preserved and that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, it would have been a lot more work because we would have had to climb to a separate peak equally as high. We would have gotten an amazing descent, and then we would have had to hike out of that descent back to, like, like the kind of saddle spot. Yeah. Where we went before, and then we wouldn't be at either peak, and so we could either go down Lucky Shot or hike to where we wanted originally. Just kind of one of the traditional runs to get back to the car, yeah. So that it may have even required you have more water and more food and that kind of stuff just because of the double, you know, kind of having to hike. That hike out would not have been insignificant. No. No. Cool. Well, so um, so where'd you end up, in the parking lot? Or did you have to take Took them off somewhere sooner. No, we we ended up we were able to get pretty much all the way back to the to the lodge. The snow coverage was still pretty good because it was just late March. Uh-huh. Um, so we we went down Iceberg Gulch and zoomed all the way towards where Queens is, and then went under the Quicksilver lift. I believe it's Quicksilver, right back to the the lodge at the base there. Cool, the old chair four back to the base. Well, it sounds like it took most of the day probably to, you know, do all that and have lunch and enjoy it. Did you do it? Have you done it since? Um, I haven't done that same route, but uh, my dad and I, in more the middle of summer, hiked Rainier with skis on our back and did uh, Third Burrow. Cool. So you did it as a hike rather than a skin and then just skied down. Yeah. Well, nice. we did skin a bit, but we had to hike like six miles into where we started skinning. Okay. Got it. And then, uh, what do you think? Any more of this? Or do you prefer the resort? Um, it's, I really like skinning. I enjoy it a lot and I want to do it in like deep winter. I actually just signed up for Airy 1, the avalanche training course, so I'm going to take oh, that in a couple you. months. Uh, because education is very important and I don't want to be uneducated in the backcountry. No, no, that's what was so perfect about this experience. You were able to whet your appetite to what you thought you wanted to do without having to spend all the time in the training, you know, and and now, you know, so you can, it's a good investment. Yeah. Yeah. Springtime was really perfect to like get time on the skins, but then not have the avalanche danger, not need that preparedness. And like, yeah, it definitely, as you're saying, gave me the idea. It's like, oh yeah, I want to pursue this. I want to get certified. I, I want to go awesome. to the backcountry with my skins. Oh, that's great. Where are you doing your training? 
Uh, I'm just doing it up at Baker, um, doing it through the American Alpine Institute, and they're uh, they're doing some online lectures, and then we've got field days at Baker. Nice. And so um, we're going to have to get you back on when you're done with your training to to hear a little bit about that uh, for those who are curious about following in your in Colin's footsteps. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, that sounds like a great thing. It sounds like it. It's sort of become part of your your uh, you know part of the repertoire of things you're going to be doing in the snow in the future. So what do you what are you doing this year? Did you buy a pass again? I did. Uh, yeah, I bought a Baker pass, a season's pass there. Um, uh-huh. There because they're still a local private mountain. They're not uh-huh. on Icon or Epic, and so uh-huh. they're pretty nice to um, like the season's pass holders over the day ticket people. Uh-huh. And so I'm I'm hoping the season turns out. It's 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 a big gamble. It's a risk. Yeah, it is. This year it's a risk. Um but you know, it's part of what you do. It's part of who you are. And so there's gonna be some seasons where you get more than you know, it, it it's just gonna more than pay for itself and then other seasons where yeah, it's a risk and you you know whatever the farmer's almanac might, might suggest it's not gonna be good or something like that too, but yeah. Well, good. I'm glad you're getting out there, and I'm glad you're taking that risk. That sounds pretty awesome. Baker's a great place. I haven't been there in a while, but um, what a fun place to base camp for you. So, cool. Mm-hmm. Colin, thanks for all your time today. I appreciate your uh, sharing your first skinning experience, and I can't wait to get you back on here to hear how the avalanche training went and all that sort of great stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. On the Lift Podcast is a production of Runaway Dumpster, LLC.